return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Say it with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So... A lot of people think, you know, when there's a move of God, they focus on uh, large gatherings, uh, which is natural, or they focus on dramatic events that are happening, which is natural, such as healings or miracles or things like that. But the bottom line is God has called us into fellowship with him. And you can live in revival every day. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can live in revival. So many people pray for revival when you can live in it. Just live in it. Just, just be excited about Jesus and talking to him and in a relationship with him. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God and all that. That's something you should practice every day. So we're called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we're called into that relationship with him, we're called into a relationship with others as well. Because he's the head of the church. We are the body of Christ and we are members in particular. So we're all connected through Jesus Christ, we're all connected together. One of the things I like, so thankful for the fact that we have so many here from other countries, is this is dress rehearsal for heaven. In heaven, in the book of Revelation, we're all before the throne of God, and there are people from every nation and ethnic group and language and culture and so forth, all before the throne of God. So here on earth right now should be dress rehearsal for that. When we pray, when we pray, Lord, have your way on earth as it is in heaven, that's what it should be. Amen? And it has to have a conscious effort to relate to other people, especially people that you think are different than you. Amen? So you have to make an effort to do that and recognize, hey, we're all, as Christians here, we're all in the same body. Jeannie and I have been in many nations, and most of the time, they're not speaking English. Uh, totally different culture and customs, and yet when we're in Christ, we're received like family members. And we eat together, and we fellowship with interpreters and stuff, and it's very, very sweet. And that's what heaven is like, amen? So we make an effort to do these things now, here, here and now, while we're in this earth, amen? Now, 1 Corinthians 1.9, a scripture that I shared some weeks back, but we're called into the, unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, this is just huge because so we should be fellowship means we're talking, we're listening, we're conversing with Jesus Christ. 
I've often said, most of the time I'm saying, that prayer times really should be quite short as far as us talking. Why? Because God knows all my needs and everything I face, so it would be real smart of me to listen to Him. Because He knows the answer to all my needs, right? So worship and we, prayer time always begins with thanksgiving. We have worship and praise, and you can give Him, you can express needs and so forth, of course, but you want to thank Him for the answers. And you want to listen for his voice then because he may tell you something to do. Amen? So we're called into the fellowship of his dear son, Jesus Christ. So in our marriage, Jeannie and I talk. And both of us talk, both of us listen. But I'm reminded of the fact that I have one mouth and two ears. So I probably should listen twice as much as I talk. Amen? Turn to your neighbor. If you're married, turn to your spouse and say, listen, listen to each Listen to us, you know. Listen to each other, you know. You should listen to each other. And so as you do that, what happens? You begin to understand each other, right? The more I listen to my wife, the more I understand her. The more I understand how she thinks and so forth. The more I understand is how I can please her. Same thing if I'm listening to the Lord, I understand more. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, yet we have Christians walking around like they have no brain at all. You know, and so it's kind of sad, right? Because they're not acting like Christians. They talk about everything but Christianity, maybe. Think about, think about, if you're on Facebook, you should think about what you post. What you post. What you post should be dealing with Jesus Christ. Amen. What, you, what we post does not deal with the world. Folks, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. First and foremost, I'm a citizen of heaven. Second of all, I live in this country. That's true. But I belong to Jesus Christ. So we should think about things that we say, do, post, and so forth. If I say I'm a Christian, I certainly should act like one, right? If I have the mind of Christ, I'm going to have it because I'm listening to Jesus. Not because I'm talking, but I'm listening to him talking. It's impossible to have his mind if you're always talking. It's impossible to have his mind if you're not in the Bible. Because this is his voice. Impossible. People confess, I got the mind of Christ, I got the mind of Christ. No, they don't. You don't just get it by confession. You get it by listening to his voice and being in the word. Amen? Obviously, it'll be obvious if you have the mind of Christ. Because you're going to act like Jesus. You don't have to tell someone you do. You're, they're going to see, wow, they're really a Christian. Wow, they really act like Jesus. They're really nice. Amen? Well, so fellowship, the Greek word there is koinonia. It's a Greek word. That's why we put that in the back years ago and called it koinonia, koinonia coffee shop because it should be a place to fellowship. Right? When we have conferences, we tell pastors, don't talk about the weather, don't talk about sports, don't talk about the world, talk about Jesus. I have to tell pastors that. So think about people. Most people show up at church. Churches have coffee shops and so forth. And what are they doing? What, what do you think of the game last night? And then they call that fellowship. You can have that fellowship downtown at any restaurant or any bar. And they'll talk about what the game is. That's, that's not fellowship. That's just talking. You're just get passing on information. Fellowship is when we talk about Jesus. We talk about things of the Lord. We talk about our lives and our hearts. That's fellowship. So you could go into many nice churches, have coffee shops, all over. And I would probably guess 
that 80% plus of the conversation is about what happened in sports yesterday. What happened with their favorite event or what else is going on in the world. But very little about Jesus. That's why I have to emphasize that to pastors even. Because pastors come and want to talk about all this other stuff. Which, quite frankly, I don't care about. It really doesn't matter who won the last championship. People forget about it. You're going to have to look at the Guinness Book of World Records to find out those things. They're not going to remember. It's important for a moment. But after that, it's not important. Right? See, so pastors, pastors can come and they can talk about all these other things, but they're dying on the inside. They're struggling in their own churches. There's so many things, there are so many problems, and they don't even mention it. Don't even mention it. I think, well, that's too bad. So that's why we try to do those things. But that's why fellowship, we have fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, is koinonia, it's an association, it's intimacy. Amen? Anybody can go and talk about all those other things downtown. None, no Christians, nothing. Just talk, you can sit up, start a conversation, talk about any of those other things. No, that's not intimacy. That's not, that's not connecting with the heart of God. And fellowship is a joint participation. You have to participate. Participate by listening and so on and so forth. Amen? So 1 John 1, 7 then says that we're called then. Walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now we have fellowship now, same word koinonia. So first is the vertical, and second is the horizontal. The Ten Commandments have vertical commandments, and then they have horizontal commandments. So we're called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now we're called into the fellowship of one another, koinonia. So this fellowship now should be an intimate fellowship. It used to be like a right hand, if you had a right handshake, was a, was a sign of, of a pledge of fellowship. It meant I have no weapon in my hand. I'm not holding a weapon. I expose my hand. And furthermore, sometimes people would give a handshake, they'd have this hand, and then even take the other hand like, like this, just have no weapons. I come in peace. I'm here to have an intimate relationship as far as conversation and so forth. And fellowship, as far as in the Bible, of course, always meant that it was in person. Obviously, they didn't have any of the things that we have today. But the thing, what, what is one of the things, like when you think about the world in the last 18 months or so forth, when the world, people were isolated, right? And people were kept at home. And people couldn't do things. Now, why, why was that, we would call it demonic? And why was that demonic? Not just because people got sick. That, that's one thing, of course. Jesus doesn't want people sick. But the other side of the thing is people lost, lost fellowship. Now, people could say, that, and you are joining us Facebook Live or YouTube, or we welcome you to be here and... Glad that you can join us today. And you can hit share anytime and share this with somebody else. But by being in person, it brings a greater intimacy. Because if I'm listening on my computer, I can listen, you know, but then I can do other things in my office. You know, it's just in the background. It's some good make a phone call. It's still going on. And we're distracted. 
And it's not the same as face to face where you walk in the door. Maybe someone shakes your hand or you do have fellowship back there and maybe you get prayer. So you can have prayer before the service, after the service, during the service. I mean, see, that's intimacy. That you can only have that in person. So the enemy, of course, wants to separate people and say, well, you can connect up to the Internet. And people say, I watch I watch church on TV, but that pastor won't come and pray for you if you ask for prayer. The Bible says to call for the elders it won't come and pray, can't be there, won't show up. So personal things are very, very important. Eye contact is very important. People have masks on before, and so you just had to kind of read their eyes and stuff. But nice, nice if you can see their full face, right? So you can look at people. Turn to someone right now. Look at their eyes. Look at their eyes. Look at their face. Just look at them a second. Some people, that's hard to do. Hard to have eye contact. You know, it's just hard to look at somebody else in their eyes. Some of you can't even turn. Turn to somebody again. Look at somebody's eyes. Look at somebody's eyes. Look at their eyes. Now, our eyes should say, we don't have to look down. We don't have to be ashamed, right? We don't have to be ashamed. We're, we are who we are. You, you, you can look someone straight in their eyes. But having, having fellowship, you know, a lot of times you're looking in somebody's eyes. Here's a whole generation is being raised up and so forth. And basically, you can go to games, you can go to anything. And this is, this is, how, this is how they gather. So you could have a room full of people, and they're all looking at their phone, and they're all looking down. I was at a basketball game. You have a whole student section, and half of them are like this. And the game is going on back and forth. Woo, 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 okay. Woo, woo, hey, good shot. Woo, woo, woo. Didn't see the shot, but it was a good shot. And they're, and they're like this. People walk that way. The accident rate, actually, of people walking has really gone on. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. Walk off curbs and sprain their ankle or break their ankle or all kinds of things or bump into people. Rather than eye contact. So, we're, so what, what, is, what is the plan of the enemy? The plan of the enemy is to divide and conquer. So if he can isolate people and get them off into a corner where now they really don't have any interaction, social interaction and spiritual interaction, pretty soon people are easier to deceive. In this last year, we've seen more deception than we've seen in decades. People, Christian, I'm talking about Christians, believing all kinds of things. Why? No fellowship. And so people get on a bandwagon, and this is how it is, and so forth, and totally miss the point. Fellowship, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So when you get together, folks, let's, let's, just, let's just agree on something. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you're not right. Let's just agree on this. You're not right. Because part of the problem is everybody wants to think, I'm right. I know, I'm right. I know all the facts. When, of course, we don't. Right? Nobody knows all the facts. So you have to always keep yourself open to the fact, that, to the fact that I might be wrong. So you walk and you live with the best information you have. But you always have to be careful. And iron sharpens iron means you hear other perspectives. The Word of God will sharpen us and help us. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, 24 and 25 says, Don't consider one another to provoke to love and to good works. Notice you're provoking people to love. 
You're provoking people to do good things. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. Now that, that was in this day. Of course, some people separated themselves. But it says you should exhort one another as much as you see the day approaching. Now the day is the return of Jesus Christ. So the last days began in the New Testament. So the return of Jesus is quite close. We don't know when, but quite close. You know, and, and, and so you have to live your life like this is it, right? This is it. This is my last time. And it is your last time. Because even if it doesn't come, you're going to leave this life and you want to have faith in him. But notice it says you have to consider, provoke each other, encourage one another. And part of that encouragement is to fellowship. Amen. To fellowship, to talk about Jesus and the things of the Lord, to stay in fellowship as believers. Amen. Amen. So that the devil can't isolate or conquer or divide people. Hebrews 3 verse 13 just says, exhort one another daily. Very common in the New Testament church, they actually met daily. Amen? Not, not, not weekly, not once a week. They actually met daily. And they would meet in worship and they'd meet in prayer. And I understand people have jobs and so forth. But nevertheless, the importance of getting together. Amen? Getting together, face, face time. Exhort one another daily while it's called today. Today is the day of salvation. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here, but you've got today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, deceitfulness. So anything that's not, let's just say, anything that's not this, always be careful what you're following. Because anything can inflict our hearts and cause our hearts to be turned or tainted. Anything. Anything that's not Jesus Christ. And of course, the Bible says, don't have any other gods before me. I mean, I was an athlete at one point, and one of my... My big God was sports. So that's what I lived and breathed and did and so forth. But a poor God. For, you know, I mean, because it can be over in, in a moment. Some, for some people, it might be money. But for some people, it can be lots of things. Stop and think about this. What do you talk about the most? What do you, listen to yourself. Listen, think about your conversation in the last days. What do you talk about the most? And I'm going to say there's where your heart is. What do you, what do you just talk, what do you just, what's itching to talk about? Oh, there's your heart. Your heart, for God's perspective, wants to be following a heart after Jesus Christ. If I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, if I'm listening to Jesus, what I've, what have I got? I've always got some fresh manna like, oh boy, just got a word today. Just got a word today. And he'll speak to you. Sometimes people are getting word, and sometimes pastors, they're getting a word for everybody else. No, no, he wants to speak to you. So he'll speak to you about your life. Just a closeness, just this fellowship. I mean, I've always got a notepad where I read and stuff. I've always got a notepad and I get things like, oh, that's, that's rich. That's a good word, you know. And I'm just thinking, oh, love it. It's great. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Amen. See, so we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, and then we have this fellowship, and then we exhort one another daily. And most of the time, most of the time, this is happening in person. You know, texting can be impersonal, can it? If you're going to say something, you don't always know in a text, you don't always know in a text whether, what their tone of voice is. 
Do you know in some countries there's no exclamation point on the computers? That's a fact. So, so if, you, if you're going to buy a, a normal sort of computer in India, you're not going to find an exclamation, exclamation point. <laughs> not going to find it. Not going to be there. So you have to, you, have to, you know, the texting, it's like sometimes, like, you know, you better call. If you can't get to them personally, you better call them so they hear your tone of voice. You know, a lot of times in a phone call, you can tell if a person's smiling or not. You can tell by voice inflections and things like that. But so much, so much is just impersonal. That's what I think. You've got to listen to this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. Totally impersonal. Fellowship is personal. There's a mental health crisis in our country, but not just our country, the world. We're praying for veterans right now. So if you think of a veteran, pray for a veteran. Because there's a number of people that are just in turmoil over the situations in the world. Of course, the answer always comes down, was it worth it? So those are difficult things. If you think of a veteran, pray for him. If you see a veteran, bless him. But there's a mental health crisis. Why is there a mental health crisis? Because no face-to-face. So, so when Jesus was with the disciples, I would guess as he was talking and they were listening... It was face-to-face contact, looking, looking at them in the eyes. And they're listening, absorbing it. And what are they feeling then? They're feeling love. They're feeling appreciation. They're feeling respect. In not just our nation, but all over the world, there's discrimination and racism. People think it's the United States thing. It's all over the world. It's because people just don't communicate. Just in the natural. They don't talk. And so the less talk you do, the less you understand, as far as communicating, the less you understand somebody else. Like, like there used to be a thing, have you walked in their shoes? So someone can be quick to say, well, you should do this, you should do that. Well, wait a minute, have you walked in their shoes? Do you know what they faced? Just, just even, even, I appreciate all of you here that are here from other countries. So many times, if I've sat with you, I'm asking you questions to hear about your life. I mean, here, you're here now, so to speak, in our world. I'm asking about your life. Why? Because I don't know about your life. Then I hear about your life or hear about your experiences or hear about your sacrifice. It just even as I look at the things of the world. Again, again, if you, if you fellowship, you realize, I don't have any problems. You know, I faced cancer. I faced all kinds of things. I don't have any problems. I had a doctor talk to me. He said, are you depressed? Are you thinks, you know, going through all these things? And I say, how do you think I'm supposed to be feeling? And she said, well, these cancer patients, like I'm going through radiation treatment, oncology, 35 treatments every day. How the cancer patients act or react? I said, oh, you're wondering if I'm depressed, if I'm going to give up. She said, yeah. I said, No. I'm not. I, I, I feel good, as a matter of fact. I feel blessed, which shocked her. Why would you feel blessed? I don't. Look at the world. Look at the world, how the world is. Yeah, folks, even as we pray for people today, they're not even thinking about dying from a disease. I'm just going to be honest here. They're just, they're just you know, wondering if they're going to get their head cut off, literally. This is the world we live in. So they're not, it's not about, hey, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of stiff this morning the way I woke up. No, they're not even thinking about that stuff. 
So the, the, the parameter of things is a little bit higher. Which always makes me think, I don't have a problem. There was a day we didn't have any money and our daughter was gravely ill and so forth. We still, still folks, in relation to the world, and we'd been around the world already then. It's like, I don't have a problem. Not a good situation, no, but still, in relation to the world, no one's hunting me down. No one's at my door. I'm not looking at the police car. If they're going to follow me and track me down. So fellowship is good and necessary, especially in the last days. What will we be doing as times go on? We'll be encouraging one another in the Lord. How will we encourage each other to stand strong, to be faithful? Be faithful to your master. Amen? That's how we will stand strong. It's not by knowing all the latest, greatest news. No, it's just standing in faith. And that's a one-on-one thing, is you reassure each other. Amen? So fellowship, uh, you know, it's always one in another. So let's look at some verses here. Just got a little time. So let's, let's travel. Write down verses, John 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a command. This is a command. You should love one another. As I have loved you, that you loved one another. Now keep in mind that Jesus... In this is included the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, love your enemies. So this is a command to love people, anybody you think on this planet. So I I can listen to news things, and I get upset, right? Right? Because I think, what are they thinking? What are they doing? But Jesus said, no, no, no. So don't overdose on news. Overdose on the gospel so that your heart is a heart of love. So when you hear something, you're reacting with love, not hate, not anger, not judgment. You always know where people are coming from when Christians, they're pronouncing a judgment, you know, and though the Lord's going to judge them and this. Oh, 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 baby. Wrong covenant. Wrong covenant. We're in the new covenant. What does he want to do? He wants to save people. So Jesus said, I'm going to you command to love one another as I have loved you. Now remember, he loved us while we were enemies. So he loved us before we were lovable. He loved us, commended his love for us while we were still enemies. Then he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love. Notice what it says, love one to another. You have loved one to another. So the vertical relationship, this horizontal relationship, you're giving love to other people. Amen? So you're giving love to other people. It's a command. So my command in, in, in life is just to, regardless of how I feel, I've got to, I've got to die to myself and think, you know, I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to love them. I'm going to be nice to them. I'm going to speak blessings to them. That's, you know, if you want to debate it, I guess you're going to, have to take it up with Jesus, because that's what he said. And that's the whole thing about the Bible. It, Jesus doesn't give me options. He doesn't say, what do you think of that, Dave? Would you like to do that? No, he didn't ask me if I'd like to do it. He commanded me to do it. He commanded me to do it. It's not based on anything about me. It's all based on his character. 
You do it. This is what I want you to do. John 15, verse 12 says we should love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, so the example, people say, well, how should I do that? Well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus treat that person? What would Jesus say? So that's, that's the test for all of us. Why? Because we're in these, these mortal bodies that, that don't always function that way, right? It's easy to say, oh, I just love Jesus and hallelujah. And two hours later, people are upset. Disagreeing or arguing or something like that. It's like, wait a minute now. See, our Christianity has got to go deeper than just our feelings. Our Christianity goes down to obedience. Okay, so it's not a feeling. You know, it's not a I feel good. I just feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why well, might I feel anything? And he just tells me, love people. I don't feel anything. I feel upset, in fact. So, <laughs> nope. You better put that down, and you better decide. You decide to love them because I command you to. I command you to love that person. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like them. You have to like the person, but you have to treat them with respect. What a difference would it make in the world if Christians just started doing this? What a difference would it make if churches? What would difference would it make if churches, even on Sunday mornings, weren't, weren't racially segregated? In many places they are to this day. What a difference it would make. Wow. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Can I hear an amen? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm in the right spot. Romans 12.5 just says we're members. We're members one of another. Well, if they're a Christian now, then we're connected. If I'm a member, I'm, a me- I'm connected. So my body, as you see me, is not, I don't, have, I don't have a thousand pieces up here. I'm one body moving around in coordination, try to be. And so, so it all works together. My fingers work together, my feet, everything's just working together. That's how the body of Christ is supposed to be. And it will be if we accept this fact. I am a member with other believers. I'm a part of the church, the church. This, I always say we're a small part of a big thing that God is doing in the world. We are. We're part of it. Hallelujah. Members one of another. Ephesians 4 verse 25. We are members one of another. So put away lying, put away all those things, speak truth. Speak truth with your neighbor. We're members one of another, right? So we're limbs on the same body. And you don't do bad things to your body. You do good things to your body. You take care of your body. You nurture your body. Same thing spiritually. Galatians 5, don't bite and devour one another. Well, that's that's... Pretty good, you know. Speak every man uh, truth. Don't bite and devour one another. Take heed lest you're consumed with one another. Well, that's, that's, how, that's how a lot of the body of Christ is. Even today, there's lots of fractions and so forth because people have different messages they're sharing rather than just Jesus Christ. It's one of the most fractious times right now, one of the most fractious times in the history of the church. I'm just talking about the United States. You can look on the Internet. How many evangelicals are distracted from the gospel? Because you have a whole groups here on politics. You have a whole group here over on virus. You've got people in all different kinds of things. They're all polarized. And no one's talking about Jesus. This is just the evangelicals, right? I'm talking about people that are born again. So you've got, 
just by poles. You got half the body of Christ fragmented way out there. Isn't that amazing? We got this internet to pass on the gospel. Again, you can share this with anybody, any friend. Got the internet to pass on the gospel, but most people are on half the body of Christ or other things. All these statistics. Got a giant church in Minneapolis of thousands of people, evangelical people, that used to have a great reputation. Fragment, 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 fragment. Resign, 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 resign. Pastors resigning. Not because of sex scandals. Not because of money. Not because of other doctrine. Not because of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. But because of all the other stuff. And so here, here it goes. Let's, let's flush that down the toilet. Let's flush that down the toilet. Let's get rid of that pastor. Let's get, they got lots of pastors. And Billy Graham said years ago, you have to be careful. You're biting and devouring each other. This isn't fellowship. You're <laughs> biting out here, <laughs> biting off something else. Not about Jesus. Nothing about Jesus. Nothing about that Jesus saved. No, no nothing that. It's all... Other stuff. It's, it's amazing, folks. This is a, there have been more pastors quit the ministry in the last 18 months with this, kind of in record levels, because they can't take it. The gospel is we're called to fellowship with Jesus, and then we're called to fellowship, intimate, intimacy, cooperation with each other. And the message is Jesus Christ. There is no other message. It is Jesus Christ. Again, we, we can't be tunnel vision to think, oh, but pastor, all these other things are going on. No, 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 look at the world here. <laughs> the message is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's the message. That's what we're called to. Amen. Otherwise, people are wounded and offenses and all kinds of things like that that are happening. And very sad. Galatians 5.13, you serve one another with love. So you do service. You serve one another. We have liberty. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But I have liberty to do what? To serve somebody else. To be a blessing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can be a blessing. We have liberty to be a blessing to others. Not a thorn, but to be a blessing. Galatians 6, verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's troubles. All right? That's what we should do. That fulfill the law of Christ. We, the whole law of Christ is fulfilled in one word. Love one another. That just had those. So, so you bear one another or you help people in their troubles or situations. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says, be kind to one another. The Bible is loaded with this word one to another or one another. Be kind, be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Kind to someone else and tender hearted. The world, the world causes my heart to get kind of hard. Jesus and folks, this is me, but I sit down every day and just get in his presence like, oh, thank you, Lord. And it's like, like water on the clay. And Dave, you worked with clay, and it's pretty tough to work with when it's hard, isn't it? Real tough to mold if it's hard. 
You can throw some water on it, but it's hard. A lot easier to work with when it's soft. That's our hearts. So God works in our hearts and softens us to do what? To love other people. Now, in particular, let's just say, of course, it begins in your home with your spouse or your kids or your grandkids. But it's got to extend out to the world. How are people going to know that we're Christians unless you have love one to another? Shouldn't we act like Jesus, right? And Jesus' message, the message to the world was, hey, I've got a plan for you here. Got good things aimed at you. This is, this is the heart of God. And so constantly, constantly, when I'm in his presence, he's squeezing on my heart <laughs> to be like his heart. Be not conformed to this world, but be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We have not arrived, but he's pressing us. He's conforming us to his image. So it doesn't come down to your image, but his image. In other words, what are people seeing through us? What, should, what does my wife see through me? Or what, is, what, do my, what do my family members see through me? Or, I just thought of this when we were at that one hotel. And so situation at a hotel, we're on a trip, not a good situation, you know, no service. If we, that a fold-out bed, wouldn't even give a blanket for it, kind of a bad deal. One night there, we moved. So anyway, but I go down to the front desk, and I go down, and my son follows me, and of course, they're all kind of upset, because kids don't have blankets, this and this and this, you know, and I go down to the front desk, and I'm visiting with this person, and then I said, you know, this is not acceptable, this is not acceptable what you're doing. You shouldn't, shouldn't be treating us this way or any person like this. Anyway, we, said, we had a few words like that. And when we left, we'd go back, go back upstairs. But then my son says to everybody else, he said, you can't believe how nice dad was. They just wanted to blast him, you know. Just lower the howitzer and poof, blast him, you know. And so he goes and tells which my, the rest of the kids, my grandkids, you can't believe how nice dad was. I just can't believe how he acted. And I heard about that and I thought, oh, thank God I didn't blow up at the person, you know. Thank God I just didn't let him have it. Was I tempted? Yeah, I was tempted. It was wrong. It was wrong. But I didn't do that. And I wasn't even thinking the fact that I was on display and that my actions, so to speak, were recorded in their mind and were going to be repeated. We're all, we're all on display. Christians are on display. If you say you're a Christian, you know, people have preconceived ideas already. You know, so to some people, you're the guy with the horns, you know. To someone else, you might be nice, but they're all thinking different thoughts. So how are you going to react to, in their world to shape what a Christian might act like and do? You know, it comes down to the love that we have, kind, tender-hearted, and, and forsaking our old way. To be like him. Do I need to change, folks? Oh, yes. So do we all. We're all in this together. We're all members. I've seen outbursts this last 18 months that's just very sad from Christians. Not just not talking here. I'm just saying in the world, Christians, saying things, doing things. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I'm part of them. I don't maybe even know them, but I'm part of them. We're part of the same body. 
And it's just grieving. It's like, oh, don't act that way. Don't say that. Or things on the Internet. Oh, don't say those words. No. The message is Jesus Christ. Say it with me. The message is Jesus Christ. That is the message. It's as simple as that. Yeah, there's all kinds of things going on in the world. I know that. I'm aware. But the message... And that's, of course, what the devil doesn't want. He doesn't want Christians talking about Jesus. He'd rather have them talk about 16,000 other topics. Because then he wins. The message is Jesus Christ. Romans 12.10, be kindly affection to one another. Kindly affection. Brotherly love. Preferring other people. Preferring people. Being nice to people. Go ahead. You know, helping other people. Bible says, James 4, verse 11, speak not evil. Speak not evil of others. Don't, don't speak evil of the brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother judges his brother. Speaks evil of the law, judges the law. Don't speak, don't judge the law. Don't be a, don't be, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Don't be a judge. Just, just, just bless people. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? We're called to be a blesser to other people. 1 Peter 1, verse 22. I'm just going to read a couple more. Love one another out of a pure. This Bible's full of these things. Wow. Ah, obey the truth through the Spirit. Unfeigned love of the brethren. Love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now this, where do I get my pure heart? I'm only going to get this through fellowship with Jesus. Folks, uh, you're, not, you're not going to get this by coming to church. That, that's good. That's fellowship, but... You're going to get it in this daily walk with Jesus where this pure heart of Christ can start touching our heart. How God sees people. And then all of a sudden you just, it's like you want to love somebody else. They might even be in a wrong, but you realize, but God loves them. And he does. So many times we're pointing out, but they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. Okay, we, we can agree. <laughs> now let's just say, what else can we do now? Let's love them with Jesus' love. Amen. See, I pray for a lot of people. Well, they're, they're doing this and this. I just pray they get saved. Right? That's what you, you pray for leaders. You pray they get saved. All across the world, there's leaders. I'm praying, Lord, save them. Lord, visit them in the night. Lord, touch their hearts. God's a big God. Amen. He's a big God. So I'm praying for the supernatural. Amen. So that's how we express those things in the Lord. Amen. Let us close this. First Peter 4, 9. So use hospitality. So use hospitality to be nice, do nice things, bless people uh, to other people. Amen. Use hospitality, one, to somebody else. Look for somebody to bless. In the next, it could be today, but the next days, look for somebody to bless. Amen. Look for somebody to do something for. Amen. An expression, an expression of the love of Jesus towards somebody else. I mean, these are simple things, but even, even simple things, you know, if somebody goes through something, you know, you send them a card, you send them a note, say, hey, I'm just standing with you in prayer, and amen. You can send an email to if you want, or a text, but send, do something, amen. The price of stamps is going up, that's why you believe in prosperity, right? You know, some people say, the stamps are going up, well, what are we going to do? Well, if that shakes your faith, boy, you've got to believe for more. 
Amen. You've got to believe for more. You've got to believe for God's blessing so you can bless somebody else. And you can share this with anybody that you might know to be an encouragement to them. But, Father, we thank you. I thank you that we are body. We're body here, but we're connected to a huge body of millions and millions, billion people around the world. A billion believers, Lord, that know you in one way or another, Jesus. They know you. They're connected to you. And not all like us, Lord, but they are connected to you. Hallelujah. And we're thankful. Thankful, Lord, for this wonderful body. And we thank you, Lord, you're doing miracles around the world. And, Lord, the biggest miracle is just conversion. Thank you for saving souls, Lord, and forgiveness and grace. And, Father, we pray for grace. Just lift your hands a second and say, just say to the Lord, I need grace. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for grace. Thank you for grace, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. And, Lord, that we're in this covenant with you, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, to help us. To have a pure heart, to love with your heart, Jesus, and have this compassion for other people. Friends or not friends, just have compassion for the world around us, Lord, that they might see you in us. And I thank you for blessing people now, supernaturally, even today, supernaturally over the Internet today. I thank you for blessing people to walk in your footsteps in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless one another. Come on out tonight. Deb's going to be sharing. It's going to be a great time. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net. Or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.